So why do people from all walks of life, usually really busy, often really exhausted, why do people donate significant time serving at church? It's a good question. I'm going to talk about a few really practical ways, um, reasons why we serve. Um, and, I, and my hope is that at the end of this time, we see that this isn't just something that that a few of us are called to do. This is something that we as the body of Christ are called to do, that this is something that we are valued in because we all have a unique contribution. We all have unique strengths and giftings and passions and calls and that there's incredible blessing in it. So I want to start off, number one, the reason we serve is to be obedient to Jesus. So I'm going to read from Mark chapter 9. I'm going to be... I'm going to have quite a few scriptures, but this first one's from Mark chapter 9, verse 33. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way, the disciples had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last. He must be last and all and servant of all. In all honesty, the sermon could end right here. The, the sermon could be a one-point sermon. Why do we serve? Because Jesus commanded us to. Because Jesus told us to. Right there, it could be a one-point message. I could be like, okay, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make it faith. Service over. Now, I'm not going to. But when Jesus tells us to do something, we can trust that there's a reason. We trust that there's something in him asking that's for our good. Now, I, I love this story, and, and I really want to encourage you guys to, to read beyond here in chapter 9 because what Jesus does is, is he continues to talk to his disciples. There's this underlying theme of the greatest. And he doesn't come out and say the greatest, but what he says is, oh, you want to be the greatest? And, and he brings up a, a child and says, tend for these who can't help themselves who are utterly dependent, those who are in need, those who are vulnerable, those, those who are precious. Whether it's a child, whether it's an adult, whether it's someone down and out, whether it's whatever. You know, he talks about, you want to be the greatest? Eliminate these things in your life that cause you to stumble. Your hand, your eye, your foot, whatever it is, cut it off. Put it, put it in the fires and in the salt of testing. You want to be the greatest? And he has this theme without being overt about the theme. It's really a great read. But I find this pretty awesome that the disciples are talking about who's the greatest. And Jesus is like, hey guys, what you talking about? Nothing. Nothing, huh? And, and it, it, in my mind, of course, I go to Muhammad Ali. In my mind, it's like, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. I'm pretty. You know, there's nobody like me. And, and I think of that iconic image of, uh, I think it was uh, Ali standing over Sonny Liston, um, and just taunting them, which, I mean, I, that's not good sportsmanship. Let's be honest. It's not good sportsmanship. But there's, they're arguing about who's the greatest. Jesus says, you want to be the greatest? Serve. You want to be the greatest? Love. You want to be the greatest? Live your lives just in, in trust to me. 
Jesus commands us to serve others. And God chose the local church as his vehicle of advancing his kingdom. He gathers us together. He empowers us. He equips us. And then he says, now get out of your seat and get out there and show my love in tangible ways. And he commands us to serve. It's not a suggestion. He says, serve. Serve one another. Care for one another. Love one another. Do a search one time on the one another's in Scripture. It's all about a selfless life for the Lord. When we serve through the kingdom advancing vehicle of the local church, we are obedient to Jesus and what he's called us to do. Number two, why do we serve? To love and honor one another. To love and honor each other. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture in the entire Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. I'm going to read through verse 13. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I love that. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in honoring each other. Do not be slothful in zeal. Do not not be lazy in, in your passion and in your excitement and in your enthusiasm and in your conviction. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Love that scripture. Giving up of our time and our energy is a powerful demonstration of love. Giving of ourselves, giving of of our our precious time. It's an amazing demonstration of honor. I mean, that's the one thing all of us have in common. We're all so different. We all have unique things. That's what every single one of us have in common with every president that's ever lived, every uh, robber baron or entrepreneur or any, any great business person, any celebrity. We all have this in common. 24 hours. That's it. 24 hours. You can't buy a second more. I don't care how rich you are. You can't buy another second. We have 24 hours. And God says, what are you going to do with it? We all have this in common, how we spend our time, how we purpose our time. And we see in Scripture, outdo one another in honor. Outdo one another in in brotherly affection and love. We serve because it's honoring. You guys, serving is inseparably linked to humility. And humility impacts lives. When, when we are humble before the Lord, it's such a beautiful thing. It's powerful. We look at, at humility as, as sometimes we can look at it as something that's weak or less than. And if we look at it that way, we are wrong. It is powerful. It is mighty. And it affects others. And we are to honor one another. All right, I got, I got, I got something for you if you're having a bad day. If you're having a bad morning, the morning started off bad, it is crummy, you're like, man, i got to do something to course correct this day. Here's what I suggest. If you've got the money to go to lunch, go to a fast food lunch, go to Chick-fil-A. 
Don't go through the drive-thru. But not today. I'm saying if you're having a bad day, clearly this is a good day. Are you having a bad day? Man, someone go lay hands on that boy. Not on Sunday, Captain Obvious. If it's another day of the week. And don't go to the drive-thru. Go in the store. Go in the store, and after placing your order, start the beautiful, melodic duet of gratitude. Get something. Can I have some ketchup? Thank you. And what do they say? My pleasure. I'm like, oh, that was nice. Can I also have a Chick-fil-A sauce? Thank you. My pleasure. Can I have some straws? Well, you have a straw, right? I know. I just can I have another straw. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm telling you guys, they don't just say those words. They say those words with a smile because they have a culture of honor at Chick-fil-A, and they believe that's an honoring thing to say. My pleasure. It'll change, your, it'll change the course of your day. I'm serious. Just that, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. Next thing you know, like, I feel better. It must be the chicken. It's not the chicken. It's the, it might be the chicken. Chicken's pretty good. But I, I believe it's the honor. Number three, why do we serve? To discover purpose and fulfillment. To discover purpose and fulfillment. Psalm 145, verses 15 through 19 says this. Psalm 145. The eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food in due season. Um, that giving of, of food, it's, it's, Lord, you give us what we need to nourish us. Lord, you give us what we need to strengthen us. Lord, you, you give us what, it's not just a Chick-fil-A sandwich, okay? It's, it's, you give us what we need to be satisfied and to grow. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth, he fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. So I love uh, Romans 10, 13 that says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Love that verse. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Love it. But check this out. I want to read this last verse again, verse 19. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him, who, who, who revere him, who reverence him, who honor him. He also, say also, he also hears their cry and saves them. See, this isn't just about salvation. This is about God wanting us fulfilled. He fulfills the desires of those who honor him. He wants us fulfilled. And then it says, oh, he also hears our cry and he, and he saves them. Our God is a, is a rich, beautiful, multifaceted, complex God. And he cares about us, and he created us to be rich, multifaceted, complex people who bear his likeness. 
The work of Jesus Christ is not just about salvation, but fulfillment. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life. Yes, I've come that you might have life. Yes. And life to the fullest. And life satisfying. Giving up our time and energy for God and for others is fulfilling. It just is. It recharges us emotionally. Think about those times that we're emotionally or we're spiritually, like we're just drained. And we're like, oh, I just, if I could, I'd just be in bed and sleep all day. I just, I just need rest. And part of that's true. We need to rest. But I will say this. If you are feeling emotionally drained, serve somebody. <laughs> serve somebody. Find someone that you can show love to and serve them. I don't care what the gesture is. You find whatever your groove is, and you just do it in your groove. If you if you love to bake, bake something. Say, hey, I just I just wanted to I just wanted to bless you. I love you, and I appreciate you. So I I made these brownies. Boom. Serve somebody. I, I'll tell you. Last week, um, Kara was sick and had this kind of this post pneumonia ish kind of bronchial kind of thing, and. Uh, Joy and Marie brought dinner to us. I said, can we bring you dinner? They texted both of us. I, applied, I, I replied within like two seconds, yes, you can. Yes, you can, because I know they can cook well. <laughs> so I replied to Joy right away, yes, you can. And what a blessing. What a blessing. That was a form of serving and caring. Find whatever your groove is. I mean, Andy's my neighbor. He lives across the street. Like, There's one house that separates us. Like this dude serves with, hey, Mark, I noticed this, you know, I noticed this in your yard and I just fixed it for you. I'm like, that's awesome. He serves, you know, by working because he's a very competent and skilled man. He, and that's one of the ways he serves. Find out the ways that you're like, man, this is, this is my group. This is my wheelhouse and just serve. And do so when you're feeling emotionally drained. It'll fill you up and rest too. Serving gives more meaning to our lives. And we find rich fulfillment in putting the needs of others above us. It really is fantastic. Number four, why do we serve? To use skills and gifts for the kingdom. To use skills and gifts for the kingdom. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, As each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Question, and you don't have to raise your hand. You know, you can raise your hand if you want. It's it's not like a trick question. How many of you guys have gifts and talents that you don't get to use at your day job? Many of us, most of us, we have skills and gifts and talents that we don't get to use on our nine to five. Every single one of us has abilities and talents. And we're supposed to use those. In fact, we're supposed to be a good steward of those gifts. We, we, heard being a, we hear about being a good steward of, of our finances all the time. But now we're being told, Are you being a good steward of the gifts I've given you? 
Are you being a good steward of the talents I've given you? That's a resource God's given us. If we can't do it at work, friends, I'm just telling you, we've got to find a way to use them. And if we can do it in service to the king, that's amazing. If we can't do it at work, we can in the kingdom. We can when we serve at church. If we don't use our talents, if we don't use our gifts, that's a recipe for frustration. That's a, that's a frustration and, and a recipe to discontentment. We're to be good stewards of those graces. You know what's amazing about this is there's aspects of, of serving that we look here where it's very much uh, selfless, where we, we make it about others. But this is really cool to me because God's saying, no, no, use those things I gave you. You can make this aspect about you. I've given you some amazing things. I've given you some incredible gifts. Use those things. Use those things. We get to, we get to everything's just not self-sacrificial. We get to use the things God's given us. If you've been in the, this church for any amount of time, any like, I mean, my mom's been here the longest, you know. I mean, she's been here coming up on 12 years. In 12 years, I'm telling you, we've had a dozen people do announcements. No one does announcements better than Sarah. I'm just telling you, she's awesome at it. When she's going to be gone and she's preaching, I'm like, oh, who's going to do announcements? I mean, and Marie, you did a good job last week. That was, that was. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of backstepping here. You did a really good job. I'm backpedaling, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but, but you served wonderfully. Thank you. And it's just, but we're to use the things, whether it's whether it's a gift or a skill or a personality. Number five, why do we serve? To join the mission of the church. To partner in the mandate of the church. To further this mission that God has called us to. So one of the definitions of harassed from the Oxford Dictionary, uh, and the only reason I, it's Oxford, Oxford Dictionary is the first one there when I Googled it. Definition of harassment, Oxford Dictionary. It's this. Feeling or looking strained through having too many demands made on one. Stressed. Okay? So that, that's the definition from the British of, of harassed. So now keep that in mind as I read this now. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed, they were stressed, they had too many demands placed upon their lives, and it was obvious upon their countenance. For they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers. I painted a painting one time of a, of a wheat field, and, and it has this verse on there, and I see it every day. And I pray every day, Lord, send workers because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know what message, you know what scripture I always think of after reading this? 
Isaiah 6, 8, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, Lord. Send me. The Lord saying, Who will I send? Who can I use? And us saying, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Workers are needed, and our response to God should be, Lord, use me. And when I'm talking about work here, I'm talking about serving. This wall right here, this used to be, it used to be like the same light gray, and then it was like a really bright blue for like less than a week. And um, Caleb and I, me and Caleb and Andy, painted that wall blue, and we had a lot of fun. And uh, then we saw the blue. And it was obnoxious. It was brutal. And I, I remember calling up Caleb being like, hey, I, 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 so, I, I got a picture of it too. I'm like, man, I, I so enjoyed painting that wall with you. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you for your serving. Uh, we're painting it black this week. <laughs> and we painted it black. We, we like the black and the contrast much better. But I'm telling you, when, when, we, when we painted that wall, when we served together, we laughed, we cut up, we had fun. When, it, when we found out that all that work did not yield the result we wanted, that's okay. It wasn't frustrating because it was all joy. And when we serve, there's to be a joy. Whether it's serving our king or whether it's serving one another. Once again, guys, I said this like when I was praying over um, the giving. It's not about a checklist. It's not about the stinking checklist. It's not about rules. It's about the condition of the heart. I serve not because of some funky obligation, some religious rule. I serve because, well, for all these reasons, but I serve with joy and grace, and we do the same thing. There is no greater mission than to serve the king and his church. When we do so, Others experience his love. Others experience his truth. So here's the cool thing. You and I are not responsible for the result. We trust the Lord in that. We're just responsible in in the obedience to do what God tells us to do. And then he's responsible for the results. Guess how many people I can save? Mark Harper can save. Goose egg, zero. I love that. Peter's like, not just this. Peter was like, this. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Zero. I can't save anybody. All I can do is talk about Jesus. All I can do is point to Jesus and say, here's what his word says. This is, this is who he is, and let me tell you who he is to me and how I've experienced his love. And th- that's it. I don't save. I don't save anybody. You don't save anybody. You don't heal anybody. That's God's role. That's what God does. But we do have a role we serve. At Impact Rock, this is our mission. Helping people love and follow Jesus. Helping people love and follow Jesus. Yes, that is, I take that seriously. But I didn't say this was the mission of the pastoral team at Impact Rock. This is the mission of Impact Rock Church, of which you are a part. 
You're a part of this family. You're a part of this call. You may think you, you chose this place. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I believe God called you here. And if God called you here, that is your mission, helping, helping. The very first word is helping, helping people love Jesus. I think we do that, honestly, through, through relationships so, so much. We're just authentic and we're real. We just, we're just real. It's funny, there's times after a message when I get real fired up, like, I, I promise you, there'll be like two or three people that'll be like, man, I thought you were going to cuss. I thought you were going to cuss. You're getting so fired up. And I'm like, well, yeah, I wasn't going to cuss, but what, why did they think that? <laughs> well, because they've heard me cuss before. I mean, they, honestly, they've heard me gotten fired up about something. I don't know. Why do I even point that out? We're not supposed to be any other way but authentic and real and genuine. And, and if we're authentic and real and genuine about our flaws and our, our failures, and we're just as authentic about his love and his grace and his strength, people see that, and they see it's about love and not about religion. Help people love and follow Jesus. Follow even as link arms with me. Walk with me. I'm not just going to tell you where to go. I'm going to walk with you, and I'll just, be, I'll just be one step ahead. I see him. Come with me. The last reason we serve. Because you are a valued part of the body. Because you are a valued part of the body. So, of course, we go to 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 18 says this, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. So let me read verses 15 and 20. I want to read it again, but I want to read it in the Passion Translation. 1 Corinthians 12, 15. So, the foot, so if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, then it's forgetting that it's still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, then it's forgetting what, uh, that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required. For if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. We're all valued. We're all valued. We're all a valuable part of the body. There's not an insignificant part of your body. I just, I don't know if you just saw me hold my pinky up. And I'm like, what, what if like, like you're like, ah, this part of my pinky never gets used. This part's insignificant. You think it's insignificant? Let me, let me cut it off. Then we'll see how insignificant it is. Then we'll see how it functions. We'll see there's not an insignificant part. What about your hair? Your hair grows back. Who's got like the most, like, like big, beautiful hair? Bella, can I cut your hair off? It's going to grow back. All right. What, what about your friend right here? With, with, with that, that's cool hair. I have no, this is my hair. But can I cut your hair off? 
<laughs> All right. Change your plans today, baby. I appreciate your cooperation. Even though it'll grow back, it's still valuable. God is pleased when we serve him with joy. And I don't care what the role is. If it's preaching, which, which is what he's gifted me to do, which is what called me, called me to do, he's pleased by this. If it's greeting, being that first smile and that first handshake and that first voice when you come through the door, if it's serving him in that, he is pleased in that. If it's praying for someone after the service, he's pleased in that. If it's making them brownies, he's pleased in that. If it's raking leaves, he's pleased in that. If it's encouraging somebody, he's pleased in that. There's so many ways to serve. Let's just get creative. Let's outdo one another and showing honor. Let's show a brotherly love and affection, sisterly love and affection, and let's demonstrate it with action. You are needed. You are valuable. Our diversity is incredible. Thank God we're diverse because that's what the body of Christ is, right? Diverse. We all long to be cared about. We all long to be served. We all desire to be loved. We all desire to have rich and real relationships. And I'm letting you guys know, helping people, being selfless and helping, serving others is a powerful catalyst to growing meaningful relationship. It really is. When we care for one another. It is a, an incredible beginning or continuation of strengthening real and authentic relationships with each other, but also with the Lord. When we serve Him, it grows our relationship with the Lord. It grows us in strength. It grows us in endurance. It grows us in selflessness. It matures us. Selfishness is the epitome of immaturity. If you don't believe me, work with kids. Little kids. Me, me, mine, mine, me. They have to be taught generosity. They have to be taught consideration. Let's be a part of that teaching process that God wants to do in each one of our lives as he grows us being more and more like him, generous and affectionate and loving. If we do these things, if we make ourselves available to serve, I'm telling you, the benefits are incredible. If you're having a tough time with purpose, you just don't know what your purpose is, you just don't know what God has for you. Serve and ask. Serve and talk. And listen. I'd be a moron if I didn't at least throw this out there. If, as a result of this message, if you're um, convinced and inspired to serve in any way, see one of the members of our pastoral team today while you are still inspired and while you're still convinced and say, I want to get plugged in. How can I get plugged in? I want to serve. How can I serve? What is in need? And we'll just open up that dialogue. 
because you need it. Lord, I thank you for every one of these folks in here. Lord, I thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for the gifts and the talents that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for the, the personality that you've given us, the traits you've given us. And, and Lord, I just ask that you would just uh, open doors for us to use those for you. Lord, give us eyes to see the open doors that you've already opened up for us to serve you in these ways. Um, Lord, if you, if you have to, Holy Spirit, even convict us of, of selfishness or laziness or complacency or anything that would keep us from serving you and serving you with joy. Because that is our desire, Lord. So we just ask you to help us in this because we know that's your desire. In Jesus' name, amen.